This week on the Cigar Circle Podcast, Jordan Charles from Ashton Cigars. He stops by to talk with us. We're going to nerd out over Ashton Blends, talk about all their awesome smokes, and the promotion that we're running this month at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars. Plus, it's Masters Weekend, baby. We're going to talk some golf, predictions, and what we see coming up for Masters Golf this weekend. It's going to be awesome. And then, of course, another edition of Blindfold the Big Dog. Let's find out if I can stump this dude with a blank cigar. So cut it, light it, let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tall Chief Cigar Cigar Circle Podcast. As yeah. always, it's me Carl here with my buddy, my business partner, my smoking partner, pretty much everything except my girlfriend, <laughs> Dave. What's up guys? This is episode six. Guys, we're so excited to bring you a lot of cool stuff in this episode. We got a interview with one of our awesome cigar retailers, Jordan Charles from Ashton, to help us kick off Ashton Month. Ashton Month here at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars Humidor and Lounge. We got buy four, get free on Ashton Cigars, La Aroma de Cuba Cigars, and San Cristobal Cigars all month long. We have eight sick, beautiful ashtrays to raffle off for everybody mm-hmm. that partakes in that promotion. And we have a lot of cool stories and cigars to share with you guys. We've been expanding those lines pretty heavily since we got here, and... Uh, we're excited to really celebrate those three brands uh, here at the World Famous Tall Chief Cigars to kick off the springtime and the smoking season. Yeah, very exciting. The Ashton selection in the humidor has uh, been beefed up a little bit, been rolled out and expanded a little bit in preparation for this month. It's going to be great, and uh, there's some there's some really good smokes in there waiting for you. One of them in particular, you know, every cigar has a story, right, Carl? You know, this is... Uh, we love a good story. Love a good story, and it's like part of the fun of our job is, you know, learning these stories from guys who know a lot more than us, mm-hmm. and then being able to help our customers learn those stories yeah. and, and uh, yeah. pass them down the chain, you know? And one of the cigars that uh, we've, you know, expanded uh, in the humidor in preparation for this month is this new La Roma de Cuba that um, some some is, is already has a foothold in the in the in the industry. It already has a foothold amongst uh, La Roma de Cuba fans, and it's the Passion. A lot of you Passion. probably yeah, you've probably seen this one, um, probably seen this kicking around. But we've rolled it out. We've got four four sizes on the shelf now. It's like it's awesome display. I can't wait for you guys to see it if you haven't already. But the Passion uh, is is a interesting cigar in the sense that it uses this wrapper that's a little bit Mm. unique um so we've all had connecticut shade and we've all had ecuadorian connecticut shade Mm -hmm. right um Mm -hmm. nice beautiful blonde color to it nice mild creamy smoke well this passion uses a nicaraguan shade Mm. wrapper what right uh, so, you know, as the name implies, and I'm, I'm drawing some assumptions, right? I'm not, I don't uh, claim to be an expert on La Roma de Cuba and their processes, but the name does imply shade grown in hmm. Nicaragua, right? So uh, when, when, when we use that word shade, um, Connecticut, you know, most of us refer to it as a Connecticut, but it's Connecticut shade, right? Is like the full name for this type of leaf. 
and it's literally grown under these giant sheets of cloth, like like cheesecloth or something, or like these these huge sheets of fabric that they hang over top of the plants so as to simulate cloud cover. And that way, reducing the amount of direct sunlight, these leaves are able to grow mm. without being like baked and darkened and, and you know, sort of um, plumped up. They come out nice and thin and blonde and nice and smooth and that gorgeous golden blonde color, you know. So um, when you see this cigar, the Passione, it doesn't look like a Connecticut shade, right? No, it's a, it's, not a, at all. it's a little bit darker, a little bit more closer to a medium brown, but it's also not. It's not dark by any stretch. It's a very nice light brown color, and the the resulting flavor on this thing is like equally as velvety smooth as your typical Connecticut shade would be. For sure. So yeah, excited for you guys to to get to try that out. Yeah, you guys know that every time we do one of these brand celebrations, we bring in a cigar that is entirely new to our humidor. Because you know, if you're going to celebrate a brand, let's all try something new together. Our choice this month was the obviously the Passione. Our choice for uh, you know Monte Cristo Romeo Upman Aging Room March promotion that we had was the Romeo and Juliet Envy limited edition cigar, which went over really well. Sold out. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome smoke. A lot of people liked it. Mm -hmm. Really unique. Adds to the story that Romeo and Juliet cigar is trying to build. Mm -hmm. uh, the second in line behind the uh, Romeo and Juliet Eternal. Awesome. So we got a couple more of those coming in just for guys that, you know, found that cigar to be very good. Mm -hmm. But Ash and April going to be centered around the Aroma de Cuba Passion, obviously San Cristobal as well, a uh, Ashton brand, and then your textbook classic Ashton Maduros mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Ashton Connecticut's as well. So good. Those Ashton Maduros, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They've yeah. got a lot of fans since yeah. we brought those back in. So mm -hmm. we're really excited to talk about those cigars with Jordan. That's going to be coming up later on in the show uh, for now dave and i were going to kick off with uh, maybe some anecdotal stories here <laughs> talking about our experience because what i've what i've kind of noticed so far on the podcast is like it's great to get these interviews and these stories from mm -hmm. industry insiders and that stuff is always interesting and cool and it everybody has their own story but dave and i really haven't talked about our own experience too much just as two guys who just literally stumbled into this exactly through through, uh, you know, knowing a couple guys and having a lot of knowledge and mm -hmm. and all that. And we decided to start with uh, our experience at uh, our first trade show last year, mm -hmm. which was weird. It was weird. It was, di it was a, it was an awesome, very unique experience, but, uh, you know, the cigar industry is, is known for having these these annual trade conventions you know uh, this is true in a lot of industries right guys go away to sales conventions or they go to HR conventions and where the, the whole industry meets up in one place uh, for for a weekend or, or what have you and the cigar industry uh, does this very well <laughs> <laughs> and you know so we knew coming in to this opportunity when we first started here at Tall Chief that this was uh, going to be part of the ticket that this yeah. was this was on the agenda for us was mm -hmm. to finally we had been in the cigar business for a while we're finally going to go to one of these shows man and really see what it's actually about and man 
what a weekend that was. It was like one of those things you hear about as a customer and you're like, whoa, yes. like what's yes. that like? Like even nowadays customers, we have a we had a really good suggestion from a customer of raffling off like a trip with us to go to one of these things. <laughs> what a great idea. Which, yeah, I mean like when, when we were just like cigars, I, I mean, we were still cigar smokers, but when we were just customers, we'd hear about these things and be like, damn, what's that like? Mm-hmm. And for our first one, the, the first one that we went to, that Dave and I went to, is called TPE, Total Product Expo. Mm-hmm. It's in Vegas. All the shows are in Vegas. A lot of places have their trade shows in Vegas. Yeah. Like, they had a whole schedule of, like, hardware trade shows yeah. or, like, yeah. trucking and logistics trade shows. Mm-hmm. Just stuff like that. So we're like, sick, Vegas in January, get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be 60 walk around no big deal it'll be sweet dave and i are not gamblers we're not drinkers we just like a cigar and a little bit of peace and quiet which is probably not not what you're gonna get yeah Yeah. not not best found in the desert in the middle of uh, las vegas but you know dave had never been there i've been there you know freaking 15 times in my life yeah so i knew where to go where to get quiet where to get a cigar where to how to escape the madness of of Sin City, right? So, yeah. Um, so you know, we get here and our first six months go really well, and we're helping to restore the reputation of the store, and we're having a great time, and we're making it shoppable, expanding the humidor, all the good stuff. January comes, uh, January twenty two comes, and then we're at TP. TP is a weird place. Total Product Expo, they ain't lying. Mm-hmm. There's everything you could think of. So like. It's marketed to cigar retailers, but you know then it's also marketed to retailers that sell THC products. Mm-hmm. You know, basically anything that you could smoke, right? Or is it, yeah. is there? Yep, yep, yeah. And you know, picture picture the little sort of off the beaten path bodega type smoke shop that is like today mostly vape products, some some THC alternatives some tobacco alternatives and then they have a little cabinet humidor in there as well right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like those shops probably if you if you take the entire country those types of places probably at this point outnumber just traditional cigar lounges you know oh Um, yeah like they're they're everywhere Mm -hmm. you know gas stations are more and more start beginning to carry vape and and thc and alternative products like that so this place one of the this Las Vegas Convention Center, the size of this building cannot oh. be overstated. Um, oh, it's an airplane hangar. It's it's like an yeah, it's like it's like two or three airplane hangers stuck together back to back, and they took the walls out. It was just one enormous open room. Many of you listening have probably you know been to Las Vegas and maybe even been to the to the L.A. Convention Center, the Las or the L.V. Convention Center. Sorry, the Las Vegas Convention Center is enormous and. 25% of the area is nothing but all of your favorite brands mm-hmm. <laughs> set up with these big elaborate displays showcasing all of their new product. Yep. And, you know, it was just amazing. You could walk around in there for an entire day and not see everything that there was, which is why these shows go on for many days. But then another 75% of the building, right? So there's there's still fully three quarters of the building that we hadn't even looked at. And, uh, after two days of walking around in there, we still hadn't seen everything. It was, it was, um, 
it was it was wild. But what we really wanted to talk about was, you know, and in part to you was like the feeling we had as guys coming into this industry and coming attending one of these trade shows for the first time. Cigars is a is a niche hobby, you know, and everybody sort of once you've done it for a few years, you really start to meet all the all the players and everybody sort of starts to get to know each other. And we were coming into a situation being total outsiders mm-hmm. and, and attending for the first time. And so that experience was was pretty cool. Tell them about the about the industry night party. Well, TPE has a title sponsor uh, that some people may have heard of. So the sponsor for TPE, <laughs> this the year we went last year was Drew Estate. Anybody who knows cigars or Drew Estate knows that their their company is run in a bit of a different way mm-hmm. compared to other companies. Other companies have buttoned up salespeople, the dress shoes, the tie, yeah. the you know, we're all professional in our own special way, right? But uh, Drew Estate runs their company to me a little bit more loose. Their branding is very aggressive and artistic and hip and modern mm-hmm. compared to classic brands like like Ashton, mm-hmm. like Monte Cristo, like that. Um, like Oliva or something, right? right? Yeah. It's just, like Drew Estate just doesn't cling to traditional cigar culture. Right. It's right. like it's like a re... They called it... They, I mean, they, they're, one of their marketing yeah. messages is the rebirth of cigars. Yeah, so it's yeah, like... Yeah. Right. You can kind of get what's going on there. So Drew Estate's the title sponsor of this expo, and you know we pay for our entry and all that stuff, and then we get an invitation to Industry Night. <laughs> it's at the hotel, and we were staying at the Sahara Hotel, which is down at the end of the Strip. It was all right, um, not my favorite place, but you know it was it, it got the job done. So Industry Night is this big party, uh, the at the night of day one. Down at the pool area, mm-hmm. so it's January. Mm-hmm. Pool's open. It's like 60 during the day, probably like 45, 50 at night. So mm-hmm. it's, it's chilly. So Dave and I, our first experience during the day at TPE was like just walking around getting to know people right. and then not really being seen or recognized, which is way different than our experience at PCA Right. later on that year. Mm-hmm. But we're walking around, shaking hands, looking at all these. It's a lot of boutiques there. It's mm-hmm. not like you're not going to see like General Cigar Company. You're going to see like Blackbird, yes. which is where we met Blackbird, mm-hmm. Fratello, which mm-hmm. is where we met them. Mm-hmm. There were a couple larger brands, E.P. Carrillo, Alec Bradley, Christoph, Oscar, yeah, Oscar, yeah, right, all that. Right. But for the most part, the really huge brands and, and, and portfolios are staying out of these places. So we're six months in. We don't know anybody. Uh, let's walk around and try some smokes and see what happens. And every friggin' person at these trade shows is trying they have one mission Mm -hmm. take the cigar in your hand put it in an ashtray Mm -hmm. and give you theirs (laughs) and smoke it with you and day one that that worked Mm. on us Mm -hmm. um the morning the morning before tpe day one i was in line at starbucks and there's a guy in front of me, and he's really, he's really charismatic. I, I'm jealous. You guys know me. Like, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I fucking learn a thing from this guy. Yeah. So, uh, I, I turn him around, you know, and he's the CEO of Blackbird Cigars. 
what is Blackbird? Really, really artsy, aggressive branding that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, d- some delicious looking cigars. Mm-hmm. And there's just every rapper you could think of. And they pay a lot of attention to their marketing. So Jonas, who's the owner of Blackbird, invites us over. We go over, start smoking them. First one of the day, bam, mm-hmm. these things are hitting. Still mm-hmm. carry them to this day. Yeah, Can't say the same for a couple other brands we met there, but uh, that one sticks. So, you know, we make a friend, we have a cigar, let me go walk around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we eventually find ourselves at the Drew Estate booth, all that. Big, gaudy, elaborate, mm-hmm. just double, two-story. Yeah, two-story DJ booth, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's, it's a DJ. It's a de- there's like yeah. a, it's like a castle in the middle of the room. Yeah. So that's cool. Anyway, wrap up day one, go to industry night. We're greeted by models mm-hmm. who are in the Deadwood Cigars get-ups right so sweet jane crazy alice uh you know all that yeah fully with the full makeup yeah yeah. skirts burlesque looking yeah it's like dang and they're handing out uh you know they're handing out you know 12 dollar sticks to you know two to each person right i think they were giving out the acid 20 uh connecticut and they were giving out the undercrown 10 uh yeah so you get one of each walking in the door, and uh, I think there was some. There was also some some leather rows floating around. And, there was some dead yeah, wood in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I had one the next day. Yeah, the next right, right. So we get in here. No joke, five thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. at the pool area. It was a pool party with five thousand people. Yeah. There's a stage. There's music. There's a cover band. Yeah. There's a buffet line with friggin' lamb chops yeah. and all sort of nice stuff and yeah. open bar right it just doesn't help dave and i at all no but you know it's all there and there, the lines are 200 deep and people are slapping hands and right dancing around and some people are just sauced to the gills and we just look at each other and we're yeah. just like nice <laughs> nice this so is, you know this is cool we're we, we we were we were a little awkward, I think. <laughs> you know, we parked under like a, a, a um one of them heaters. What are they called? Like a just like a you know one of them like canopy yeah, heaters, those big space heaters. Yeah, we light up our underground tens that we got for free, and we're just listening to music, just bobbing our heads. We don't have a drink. We just have like a, like a coke, like a diet coke. And we're just nursing it, just sitting there bobbing our heads, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I think we're in. Yeah. I think we made it. Yeah. It was like that that sort of a yeah, I think we made it moment. Like our our welcome to the cigar industry moment, you know. And that's what that so the so the image I want you guys to take away from this story is like is the one of us, you know, looking at each other, bobbing our heads, looking around in amazement while this five thousand person pool party is going on around us where yeah. we don't know a single person. Yeah. And everyone else there like knows each other right yeah and, and it's sort like, of in the middle of it just looking around like wow it was is- <laughs> strange too because like it's all like way older people just like dancing yeah, and having fun right, and right i'm like wow like this is sick this isn't even the big trade show right it's tpe right this like, is tpe which is you know you the, know the, the the it's it's the the privately owned sort of smaller version of what would be our second attendance at a cigar convention mm-hmm. later that year in the summer we went back to las vegas to go to the big mama jamma mm-hmm. 
the Premium Cigar Association annual trade show, right? So we spent TPE for four days. We went, we spent walking around there, meeting as many people as we can, shaking hands, smoking cigars, and just getting our face out there. And that work, if you can call it work, yeah. paid off as evidenced by when we returned to PCA six months later. What do you know? Different ball game. Different ball game. Different ball game. All of a sudden, we show up. We're in in some of the same places at the same booths, and we're we're greeted with with a a, a friendly hey, how's it? You know, like hey, tall chief. Hey, tall chief. Hey, native pride. You know, I'll never forget when I went to the West Tampa Tobacco booth, and Ricky was like, "Hey, tall chief. What the heck, man? You're That's you're tall cool. chief." And I was just like, "I'm not tall chief." But <laughs> I represent yeah, Tall Chief. Yeah, yeah. I'm here on behalf. Yeah, and that yeah. was awesome. Obviously, Ricky's a legend in the cigar industry. Yeah. Um, and then as we went around, it was just like, hey, come over here. Come come hang out. Yeah. Let's, what are you doing at 2 o'clock? You know, the best memory being uh, day two or three of PCA. I think it was day three. We were, we were toast. We were tapped. Yeah. It's like one. We're like, okay. Like, jeez. <laughs> What are we? How are we gonna get out of this? <laughs> we get to the Rocky Patel booth, and our Rocky Patel rep Mike has a sit down. Mm-hmm. Calls over Hamlet, who at the time was master roller, or the master blender for uh, Rocky Patel. Mm-hmm. We sit down there for three, four hours, talking to Hamlet, talking to Mike, talking to Max Bickler, who's a friend of ours from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Max. And then we watch Rocky proceed to play drums with the live, with the live uh, musician they had at the booth. Yeah. Incredible yeah. memory culminating in Rocky going to grab us some Hamlet Paredes Toros from the original run mm-hmm. of the Hamlet from inside the booth with some of the most yellow cellophane I've ever seen on a cigar. Dave and I enjoyed them that night at a slot machine. Didn't spend a dime yeah. on that damn slot that's machine. That's two. Uh, for the record, that's two trips to Vegas. Not a dime. Not a dime. Dave and I were really good. We and and there was no doubt we were going to be really good. Right. Like you know, at you know Dave, at the time, we both had girlfriends. Yeah. He now has a wife. We don't really drink at all. Right. We just like cigars, and we were just enjoying the weather. Enjoying we the weather and and just the scenery, man. Like you know, it's just outrageous. So, you know the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's like this uh, this amazing privilege that as a cigar enthusiast, you know, I don't I I don't think that I will ever fall into the trap of taking it for granted. Never. That no you know, we actually get to participate in the industry in that way and get to attend these, these trade shows, which, you know, like maybe this kind of thing isn't your cup of tea. You don't have to be a, a big partier and gambler to like go to Las Vegas and have a great time though. Right. Man. We, we've done it now a couple of times and I cannot wait to get back. Um, this, this July PCA 2023, um, you know, we plan to bring you guys a ton of content this year from the trade show mm-hmm. so that you can get a better idea for what it's really like because Carl and I both coming from the other side, like we had always looked at, looked at, 
you see the pictures in the magazines and like, man, it's got to be cool to get to experience that, oh. you know, and now we do. And so we're going to try to bring as much of that experience back to you guys as we can. I think we'll always just be two guys who liked cigars mm-hmm. and we're just like in the in the scene. I don't think we'll ever not be guys that just fell into this. Right. And then it just kind of right. took off. I don't right. think it'll ever change to, right. from that, going from that to being like like business people. Right. I don't think right. it'll ever be something different, which mm-hmm. I think is our is a great strength of ours. Yeah. Like it'll always just be how do we get these sweet sticks into the mm-hmm. hands of people who are going to love them right. for the best price? Right. I think it'll always be that. Like, right. oh, that's cool. X and Y and Z at right. the store would love this. This would be a sick event in for football. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever we come up with. I don't think it will ever be different. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it'll ever be like. It obviously we run it as a business, but I don't think it'll ever be. I think the fact that we are customer cognizant yes is why this will always just be right a unique special thing right. for us because we were just customers for you know for for a long time you know with that's what that's that's our roots um you know so it feels to me almost like a smash and grab operation like we're sneaking in and you know identifying the coolest the coolest stuff that and 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 sneaking it back to the shop for you guys like that's yeah. almost how we, it's we like robin look at hood it. yeah exactly yeah robin just like the robin hoods we're robin hoods nice. so i think that's why this is so special and why it doesn't feel like work it's like every time you come and see dave or myself your intention is to buy things to relax bond share it's always good it's never work. Right. It's always got a good end result. And we are aware of that. And we take a lot of pride in giving you a recommendation that you love. Mm-hmm. Or bringing you an event or a rep or a visitor here that you're going to love. Or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why this has... We're almost two years in. I feel like we just started. Right. Right. It feels like we Man. just started. Yeah, it's flown by. And... uh you know, when we, when we, those moments when we get to stop and sort of look back at, at, at what's been accomplished to this point are, are, are the moments when you realize how much time has really passed and uh, how much progress has been made. And I think our, that trip to PCA, the first PCA, um, was one of those moments because, like we said, having attended TPE and met, meeting so many people six months prior. And then putting ourselves out there online and on social media for all the all that time, and then going back and meeting all of the same people again, uh, you know, we were able to sort of get a sense for the fact that this this is working, and uh, you know, we're we're starting to make a name for Tall Chief in the wider cigar community. You know, yeah, I so, think so. I which mean, is really cool. It's been two years. I I believe we have the best store in the area. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, but I think a lot of that comes from the care that Dave and I give to what you all want. And we'll continue to do that. We're excited to keep doing that. And, uh, you know, that's going to lead us into our next thing that we'll we'll announce after we hear about Dominican Dave's Cigar of the Week. That's right. You guys haven't heard from Dominican Dave in a little while. So uh, let's find out what he's been smoking. This is uh, Dominican Dave's Cigar of the Week. Mi gente, ¿qué es lo que? ¿Qué es lo que hay? Dominican Dave here. 
You won't believe what I got in my hands today. Perdomo Champagne Robusto. Sweet, beautiful, creamy. It goes with everything, with your coffee, whatever you want. Come grab a couple right here in Tall Chief Cigars. All right, so joining us now from Ashton Cigars, Jordan Charles. Jordan, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today, buddy. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we're excited to uh, to bring you onto the show. This is something we love to do is get industry insiders to, to sort of come in and help our customers uh, get a feel for what it's like sort of behind the curtains in the cigar industry <laughs> and also just get to know you guys like you know the the role of a of a traveling cigar rep is one that i think a lot of guys look at as you know with 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 rose colored glasses a lot of the times like that's got to be a really cool job and and just an awesome way to make a living you know do you are you one of these guys that chose the cigar industry or do you think that you know it sort of chose you like how would you answer that question uh, um, yeah, I think it kind of, I guess, in a way, chose me. I was uh, graduated from college, and I was just working at a cigar store in my hometown, Lancaster, PA, part-time, or just while I was looking for other jobs. Um, and then our Ashton rep from Pennsylvania was in. We were doing an event. Um, they needed someone to work at our retail store in Philadelphia, so I was like, yeah, sign me up. It sounds good. So I worked at the retail store, got... Uh, a lot more knowledge uh, about the industry and cigars in general while I was working there and then eventually a position opened up for uh, Ashton on the road so I definitely it wasn't my uh, plan uh, when I was starting out but it eventually kind of snowballed into uh, where we are now wow yeah what a story and it, we should let the listeners know that Jordan is you know a guy who's you know in my age range which I think was really surprising <laughs> for me and Dave to uh, encounter in the beginning because the first two three weeks we were here we were encountering all these reps word had gotten around that a couple guys had uh, taken over the humidor here at native pride and um, we had a lot of really nice visits in the beginning uh, memorizing a lot of names and brands and who has what and then we met Jordan and I was personally surprised because a lot of the people we had met you know had been around for for quite a long time and mm. you know Jordan you're one of the younger guys that we kind of come into contact with um, you know when we are at whenever we have to buy or do an event or do something like this how long have you been uh, how long have you been an Ashton sales rep for uh, so this I think is my fourth year in the territory here I also did uh, when I started a year down in the DC Maryland Virginia so I guess it's not exactly, but I'd say around five years, probably four nice. or five years, and then uh, worked in the retail store for probably a, at least three years. So I've been with Ashton as a company for not quite ten, maybe eight years now. So it's time wow. flies. I can't thinking about it now. It's uh, crazy to think, but wow. yeah, it's been a little while. So yeah, definitely on the younger side of. Uh, I got in early, I guess you could say, which uh, I think kind of helped out. Yeah. I mean, so you're not, you're young, but you're no rookie to, to the cigar game. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was always like, my dad smoked cigars and when I was growing up and then in college, I would with my buddies, like just occasionally, um, 
with whatever money we could get to buy some cigars. <laughs> but uh, so I was I was always uh, not smoking like on a daily basis or anything like that, but always interested in it, always enjoyed it. Um, so it wasn't like it totally came out of left field, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a little while now, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the cigars, Jordan. So um, we've got, uh, you know, a lot of, some people may not know, customers certainly are familiar with the Ashton name. They're also familiar with a couple other brands, but they may not know that these all fall under the Ashton envelope. So those would be La Roma de Cuba and San Cristobal cigars, uh, both with, you know, pretty extensive portfolios to in their own right. So what what should we want to know about those two brands? Like what differentiates them from each other and from Ashton and what, you know, what should we want to know about La Roma de Cuba and about San Cristobal? Yeah. So I would say the key difference between Ashton and La Roma de Cuba is Ashton is, uh, mainly Dominican binders and fillers with varying wrappers. Those are coming out of, uh, the Arturo Fuente factory. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ashton Symmetry does have uh, some Nicaraguan filler in there, but the rest are all variations of Dominican tobacco, where La Roma de Cuba and San Cristobal are um, Nicaraguan, and they come out of the My Father factory in Esteli. Uh, so people that are more uh, used to Nicaraguan cigars these days, which they're now the largest exporter, When back when Ashton started, Dominican tobacco was uh, more prominent. Um, so the flavor profiles are totally different. Um, there's a wide variety in all three portfolios as far as strengths, flavor profiles, um, things like that. But yeah, the, the La Roma de Cuba and the Sacred Stillborn Nicaraguan fillers and binders, again, with different wrappers, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And those are all coming out of the My Father factory. So between La Roma and San Cristobal, you got kind of something for everyone uh, by whether it be size or strength, like I said, Elegancia for San Cristobal is a great mild cigar uh, with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, and then everything in between up to the original San Cristobal or the La Roma de Cuba Mia Mor Reserva on the fuller body end. Um, so there's kind of uh, kind of a little bit of everything in there. Sweet. That's a ton of knowledge on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, every month when we do one of these brand celebrations, um, you know, we like to debut a cigar that is new to the humidor. This month, that is the La Aroma de Cuba Passion. Yeah. I'm really excited about it because this is a cigar I picked up at different shops before. And Dave and I were looking into it yesterday, and it's got some pretty unique elements to it. Um, can you tell our listeners, like, what they could expect when smoking that cigar in particular? Yeah, so the Passion is our uh, newest La Aroma de Cuba. It's... Uh, definitely a unique blend because it uses a Nicaraguan shade grown wrapper which is um, something that's kind of new I don't think many cigars uh, use a Nicaraguan grown shade wrapper most shade wrappers are either grown in Connecticut or Ecuadorian uh, Connecticut seed grown in Ecuador so a Nicaraguan shade is something that's kind of new and unique it has a very uh, distinct flavor to it and it's even though it's a shade grown which is typically associated with a milder um, blend the Nicaraguan shade, uh, because of the soil and different uh, variables that they grow it down there, a little different than they would elsewhere. Uh, it's got a little more body to it, so I'd say even though it's a shade-grown wrapper, it's still got um, packs a little more of a punch. It's certainly not a full body, but it's a nice medium where it gives you a little bit, uh, a little bit more variety from your typical shade-grown um, 
and they use three different fillers in there from um, Jaime's different farms down there in Esteli, Namanhi, and Jalapa. So there's kind of a lot going on. It's very uh, changes a lot throughout the cigar. Each third is kind of totally different. Um, comes in six different sizes, your kind of traditional sizes, Corona, Robusto, Toro. Uh, the box press torpedo, I think, is probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a unique blend, like I said, and definitely worth uh, giving it a shot. Yeah, that, that we were just talking about this, actually, the, that, that shade-grown Nicaraguan wrapper. Um, you know, it is unique. It's not something that I've, I think it's the first time I've ever seen uh, that wrapper, like, uh, specifically, uh, at least, at least it being called a Nicaraguan shade grown. I've never seen that phrase used to describe any wrapper before. So that's going to be interesting. And, uh, if you haven't tried this cigar, you certainly should, as Jordan said, it's like this perfect medium body and all the smoothness of shade grown tobacco is like, is in there, you know? So that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We, uh, we were actually down at the farms in Nicaragua uh, right before, like February of 2020, maybe it was, because I just remember COVID happened like right when we got back. But back like two or three years ago, they had already been, they were showing us the fields and everything, and they were growing this shade-grown tobacco, and we kind of didn't really know exactly what it was at the time. And I know they said they something new that they had been working on, and it took a lot of tweaking to uh, get it just right, and I think they nailed it, so... Yeah, it came out really well. That's cool. So so you saw the farm. So what is, you know, tell us what that looks like. So the shade, we were trying to describe the process of growing shade tobacco, right? And the fact that there's this simulated cloud cover with this cloth, right? That they will hang over mm-hmm. the tobacco. So like, what does that look like? Are they building like big tents out there? Or like, how do they, how do they hang that stuff? <clears throat> yeah, so it's. I guess from a distance it kind of does look like a big tent um but as you are either underneath it or up close it's uh obviously has small holes in the uh roof of the canopy so like you said it simulates that cloud cover which keeps the mellowness um to the tobacco and keeps the nicotine a little lower but Hmm. yeah it's just a cloth that they put over by hand obviously it's a lot of manual labor to do it but uh, is super beneficial for the tobacco. They have it here. I'm in Connecticut right now. They have it all up by Hartford is where they grow a lot of the Connecticut shade. They also grow the Connecticut broadleaf. But yeah, it's a huge field of uh, shade grown underneath the simulated uh, cloud cover. Yeah. Um, and then I guess while we're on the point, uh, I did mention Ecuadorian Connecticut wrappers um, where they take Connecticut seed and grow it in Ecuador where they uh, just by the nature of the geography there they have natural a lot of natural cloud cover so they don't they can kind of get the uh the same effect without having to do all the uh cloth right okay but if you smoke a connecticut wrapper grown in connecticut compared to an ecuadorian connecticut i wouldn't say one's better than the other um but they definitely have their own unique uh style and uh, flavor to how they smoke. Um, and then here, this Nicaraguan shade, like I said, because it's a totally different soil and climate. It, it's uh, unique on its own as well. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. So, wow, what an experience. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, we got to do that one day. Right. I think we got to go visit one of these places yeah, one day. That is awesome. Um, so then we could finally move Yeah, up. if anyone ever has a chance, get 
go to uh, any farm or factory tour. It's, it's very cool, and you learn more than you can uh, even remember at the time, but it's <laughs> definitely cool if you get the chance. I think I some, might have somehow gotten roped into a trip with some people I barely know. But it oh, yeah? Cool. Where are you going? I guess I'm going to Honduras. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a customer started talking to me about that's a, it. That's a place you want to be with people that you do know. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. see, that's... <laughs> uh, international travel to me is just a little sketch. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't I don't like the idea of getting lost and then like having it dis- discern where yeah, I am it, and <laughs> I just it's just uh, It's a, Honduras is different than Buffalo, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I might take it, you know, at this point looking outside today, it's like enough is enough. Um so I'll keep you updated on where I'm where I where in the world is. is All right, I'm interested to hear. Yeah. I'm shitting bricks, dude. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know about it. Uh so we'll move over to the Ashton the actual, you know, the Ashton core line products mm-hmm. that everybody mm-hmm. knows and loves that have been around forever. Um here we have Connecticut, Maduro and Heritage. Mm. And I think that it would be helpful to hear from from somebody like you uh, what the differentiating factor is with the heritage in particular, because Dave and I have smoked mm-hmm. plenty of the Maduro in particular. It's one mm-hmm. of our favorite cigars mm-hmm. and one of our top 25 cigars of 22, uh, which a list that also includes the Elegancia and the, uh, I believe, the Miamor Reserva, because I just think that cigar is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But mainly just a question to you about the differentiating factor between the Ashton Heritage and then the other cigars in the line. So you mentioned Classic and Maduro. Those are two of our um, milder blends in the Ashton brand uh, family there. The Maduro, even though it's uh, intimidating to some people up front because it's very, very dark when you just look at it on the shelf, it's actually a milder Maduro, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's a nice natural sweetness, but a lot of people, uh, if they don't know, they just look and see very, very dark, think it's going to be very strong. Um, but, yeah, it's a nice my Maduro, nice sweetness to it. But as far as Heritage goes, um, Heritage is an Ecuador Habano wrapper, um, which is pretty prominent. We also use that on the Symmetry. But the Heritage is a nice um, medium body blend, I'd say. There's not a ton of Lajero in there in the fillers, which is a stronger uh, variety of filler that gives cigars extra strength if you want a fuller body. It's a It's got like a nice nuttiness that comes with a Habano wrapper that I usually find like um, even when you just smell it, if you're before you light, just uh, or like a dry draw, you get a little bit of cedar. Um, but yeah, Heritage is a great, great blend, and again comes in some traditional sizes: um, Corona, Gorda, Churchill, uh, Robusto. Just a lot of classic, um, not too wacky sizes. So <laughs> um, pretty traditional there. Uh, but just a really great medium body blend that I don't think maybe a lot of people have always tried um, as far as heritage goes. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are at the shop or whoever the customers are, definitely um, pick up a heritage because it's something new to you, even though it's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely a great medium blend there. Okay, yeah. I get, I kind of personally, I get freaked out from, from Ecuadorian Habano wrappers sometimes. Like, when I see that, I think this is going to be really spicy and and sort of back of the throat pepper burn and stuff like that and I so I I tend to like close my mind off to Habano a lot of the time 
um, I'm guilty of yeah. it. And it's like, it's a bad habit that I get myself <laughs> into, you know? And so, uh, but, but from, from what you're saying, it's not, it's really not like terribly strong. It's still got some smoothness to it. And it's really just like a medium body, uh, with a little bit of spice to it. Yeah. I would say there's as far as spice, like VSG compared to heritage, I would say it would be a large, uh, as far as spice goes difference. Right. I don't think the Habano wrapper itself necessarily has a, uh, certainly like Ashen Symmetry has a little bit more spice to it for mm. sure, but that also is using some Nicaraguan fillers. Um, it's a Habano Rosado wrapper. It's in the same family as far as wrapper, but it's still kind of different. Right. Um, but I would say for Heritage, if, if you have like a new newer smoker or someone that's trying to increase from a mild to more medium bodied cigar, this would be the perfect fit because like I said, it's not, it's nothing that's going to surprise you as far as, Oh, this is too strong. This is too spicy. It's kind of a very smooth transition, um, with just a little more, uh, body to it than say the Ashen classic or the H Maduro or the San Cristobal Elegancia, like you guys mentioned. So, um, yeah, it's nothing to, uh, be afraid of. I would say if anyone was thinking about Habana wrapper or spice or anything like that, I, I wouldn't, too concerned about that yeah i think the biggest differentiating factor between dave's taste and my taste here that i could find in our first couple of years here working together is that i love habano mm-hmm. and dave actively avoids it <laughs> yeah that's right um so <laughs> whenever i hear that well, that's the beautiful thing like yeah. everyone's palettes are so different um no one's better or worse but yeah that's why especially now even like i said i've been in the industry now for a little while and even from the short time I've been in it, uh, the variety of blends and the way that they're so consistent now and able to tweak and add this or a lot of nuance where maybe there wasn't as much uh, 10 or even before my time 20 years ago where it was a little bit more standard. Um, So now they're able to get a little more variety like i said the symmetry using nicaraguan that's the only ashen cigar that we have that has any nicaraguan so being able to mess around with stuff like that and um kind of enhance flavors and try something different it's it's pretty cool and not everyone's going to like the same stuff so it's uh that's just how it is right but yeah that's same thing with whiskey or sports or whatever it is <laughs> right so okay so here here's uh if san cristobal then if if we were going to force you to choose you know what's your what's your favorite san cristobal smoke you know san cristobal i would uh if i had to choose a favorite i mean i truly do enjoy all of them but if i had gun to my head i'll go revelation Mm. san cristobal revelation that cigar uses a ecuadorian sumatra wrapper which is a really uh, so david you said you sometimes don't like habano um (laughs) Uh, Sumatra is one that I, one of my favorites, I would say. Mm-hmm. Our Ashen VSG uses a high priming Ecuador Sumatra. The San Cristobal uses not quite as high of a priming, but it's, so it's more of a medium body cigar still, maybe medium plus. Um, but Sumatra has like a, to me at least, like a very earthy, uh, kind of leathery flavor to it. Yes. Um, which I really enjoy that kind of earthiness. Um, and this, since it's a Nicaraguan filler uh, cigar, it's definitely on the spicier side. Um, it definitely can, it's very smooth and approachable, but if you're looking for something that has a little bit of that pepper to it, 
Um, that's something I really like about the Revelation. Um, this Most of the sizes are box press, which I enjoy box press as well. The larger ring gauges are uh, in the round. But um, yeah, the Revelation is a great, very consistent medium body with a little bit of that pepper and earthiness and leather from the Sumatra wrapper. Um, so yeah, I, lo yeah. I love the uh, it's a size called the Mystic. It's the Corona Gorda in the Revelation. That's That would probably be my pick. Nice. We've mentioned a couple times over the course of the conversation uh, what I feel to be the best cigar in the entire Ashton portfolio, the VSG. Oof. Um, Oof. Yeah. I, this is a cigar that Dave and I try to hand sell a lot as one of the best cigars in our humidor. Mm -hmm. um, during the month of April, we want people to try a VSG, whether it's in the Robusto or uh, I think we have the Wizard and the Sorcerer and a couple different sizes. We want to hear from you, though. What do you think of the VSG? Why should somebody try a VSG if they're an experienced cigar smoker that likes a somebody that like, that like someone that likes a full body taste? I mean, the VSG obviously is fantastic, and it's been around since the '90s. So to keep the quality and consistency of it for that long is uh, definitely no easy task. So the fact that it's been that consistent for so long—I mean, the VSG stands for Virgin Sun Grown, so when it was introduced in the 90s there was really no full body cigars at that time that could really so at, at the time that it came out it was like uh, the fullest body and obviously this is just from what I know because I was not old enough to smoke then but uh, <laughs> it was a very full body cigar and now there's tons of full body cigars and all this but I think the VSG is impressive to me because it's so well balanced that it doesn't smoke like it's a f as full of a body cigar as it really is. It's it's definitely a strong cigar, but the balance is, and the finish on the back end, there's it's just so smooth that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it smokes a little less full than it really is, um, which I enjoy. I don't when I'm smoking a cigar, I don't want it to just be strong, and that's about it. it the flavors are great. Like I said, it uses the Ecuador Sumatra, a high priming. It's dark, oily. Um, which gives you that the uh, that earthy flavor I was saying from the Sumatra, um, and it definitely has a little bit of pepper in there, uh, but it's not overwhel overwhelming. It's a cigar that can pair with a variety of things. I, I can smoke it in the morning with coffee, or I can smoke it at night with like rye whiskey, which is what I like to drink, or whatever. It, it it's uh, across the spectrum pairs very well, um, and there are a wide variety of sizes. Uh, I think I've mentioned it now a couple of times, but I prefer Corona Gordas or anything in a smaller format. Um, there's a Petit Corona that I really love, but anything in those small VSG formats are fantastic. And like I said, it's been around a while, um, but some people either smoked it 10, 15 years ago and they've gone to something else or, but it's always worth, because it's not a new cigar, it might be new to you or you haven't had it in years or whatever it may be so i always tell people to always go back and revisit the vsg and more often than not they're very happy that they did yeah and that the vsg to me is like one of the most epic like special occasion cigars that i've ever had one of my one of my fondest cigar memories is with the ashton vsg and it was a particular cigar that i had been sitting on for uh, for you know a good year and a half or two years in my home humidor I finally like found the perfect moment and pulled this thing out and it was just aged to perfection. So I'm going to tell everybody too, like 
you don't necessarily have to grab one of the, you know, you should definitely try this cigar this month. Like we're challenging everyone to try the VSG this month, right? Because we, mm -hmm. we believe in this cigar, but also grab a second one and bring it home and put it in your home humidor. If you keep that thing well calibrated, sit on it for two years, sit on it for three years, and then find the right moment after a nice dinner and pull that thing out. It is going to rock your world. I'm telling you like, yeah, that, that thing is just like you said, full, but ultra smooth at the same time, you know, um, especially when it's yeah. aged well. Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, I was lucky enough, I guess I should say that we had some of the original release VSGs, um, oh. when they were, uh, I think it was like 25 years ago, they were uncellophane and they had a slightly different band, but, uh, I was able to smoke one of those where I, I got a couple of them. And so they're 25 years and it's like Lord. smoking butter. It was, uh, oh it was crazy. Wow. Definitely when it's aged that long, it loses some potency, but the flavors uh, blended together so perfectly. It was, it's pretty unbelievable. Wow. But yeah, if you have the uh, uh, ability to, like you said, buy a couple extra and let them sit. Yeah. Um, that's always something fun to do and like you said break it out at the perfect time anytime you can connect it to a cool moment it uh, always makes it a better experience yeah i remember how at our last store in the beginning when we started hanging out there how revered yeah. the vsg yeah, was, it really was right amongst the people who would hang out yeah. there and especially when you and i started no working. i mean it's definitely yeah. <laughs> more i don't want to say a legacy cigar but it's it's been around for a very long time and very high quality so it's I, yeah i just remember I, sometimes whenever, maybe take it for granted but it's it's fantastic yeah yeah i just remember whenever we'd cash somebody out and they were have they had a vsg or we had it in a special cabinet yes, with a key right right right, right. so it'd be like <laughs> what's are you getting married did you have a baby yeah, right, like was right. it your birthday <laughs> like something's going on it's not just a regular wednesday but for some people it was because the cigar is so good and it has a reputation about it yeah um, Jordan, one of the last things you guys we, are making me uh, excited to smoke one after we're done here. There you go. Hell yeah! <laughs> I, I mean, I always appreciate when you come in and drop one on me, and then I know that the next morning is going to be a banger. Yeah, every morning. nice, nice. <laughs> one of the uh, last things we like to do with our guests is we like to ask them to take off their uh, their their Ashton hat, their General Cigar hat, their their Altidus hat, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe give us a story about your favorite cigar or share with us an experience with uh, smoke, cigar smoking in general that you think, you know, that you remember, you know, something like that. Dave and I have a ton of them that we get into now and then. But are there, is there anything that sticks out about a cigar that you had that was just phenomenal? Maybe, maybe not from your brand, from just overall or a story that you have that that just sticks out to you. That's yeah. Memorable. The one that instantly is coming to mind, I'm sure there's plenty, but this one just came out, stuck out to me. When we graduated high school, me and a couple of friends went down to Naples, Florida for just like a graduation trip or whatever. So we were 18, I guess, and uh, or I guess I was 17, whatever. Hmm. Um, so we were down in Naples, obviously Florida, tons of cigar stores, but we, we were just starting to smoke cigars, me and my friend. Um, I know my dad smoked, but we didn't really talk about it or anything. So I had a very, very limited knowledge of what I liked or what was even out there. So we're just walking around Naples, me and my friend, and uh, we there's a little strip mall. We wander into this store. Um, I don't know if the guy could 
I mean, I'm sure he knew we didn't know what we were doing, but we're like, we did the classic, like, oh, what's your best cigar? Like, what we probably said, like, what's your most, ex-? some stupid question. Yeah. yeah. Um, Smell them so, all. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's weird. It doesn't even like seem like it happened. He just went to this back room. We were just waiting there. Like, what's he, what's he doing? Like he comes out a few minutes later and he has Opus X, uh, hmm. double Coronas, which is a fairly strong cigar for people that aren't for 17 and 18 year olds that don't smoke a lot of cigars but we're like oh we're on vacation we want something cool like let's smoke it all right so we buy them we and double corona is a very large size it's like almost eight inches by like 52 so it's a humongous pretty big cigar so we go to main street in naples um and we just sit down on a bench and we start smoking them and they were i can't say i remember anything specifically about the cigar just that we really enjoyed it probably because it was the moment that it was in um but like halfway through i mean it's summer in florida so we're like it's hot we're smoking a strong cigar we're like sitting on this bench sweating like (laughs) psychopaths so so we had to go to like the 7-eleven across the street so then we each just sit there with a gallon of water just like smoking (laughs) cigars like but it was (laughs) so it was pretty probably weird (laughs) for the people walking by to see us there but uh yeah that's one that always because like that was the first real cigar that i remember smoking that uh like if anyone would ask me what's your first cigar that would be the only answer i could give them with an actual name attached to it so yeah that was a fun uh but then after that we like kind of got more interested in the hobby as much as we could for that age and uh yeah kind of went from there so yeah i guess that would be my answer I can't believe a shopkeeper gave two kids that are like right around the legal age of smoking an Opus X double Corona. Right, right. I would just yeah, and the only reason I remember even what it was is because we liked the band, so we kept the bands. Um, and I'm assuming it was double Corona because it was the humongous cigar, and that's the only size that they make it in that is that large right. that I can think of. So right, yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, we we loved it, even though it was a struggle to get to the end. That's hilarious, though, the image of you guys with a gallon jug of water. <laughs> That's just yeah, it was, it was nuts. Well, we were dying. We were like, yeah. and we neither of us wanted to be the one that was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to be sick or I can't, I can't finish this. So you, we just had to sit there sweating, smoking eight-inch cigars. Yeah. Power through. Did you nice. finish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can still hear the exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's still exhausted. He's still tired. (laughs) Thirteen years ago. Yeah. Well, awesome, Jordan. We he probably could have uh, helped us out and given us uh, something a little milder, but he, uh, I guess we we went for it. Dude, I would never. That would never cross my mind to do that. Like, yeah, I wouldn't even want to. Like, I could be like, I could tell you about this cigar, but I'm I'm looking at you, and I'm like, okay, these kids are never going to smoke again. They're going to hate it. Right. They're going to inhale. They're going to puke. They're going to take oh, they're going to take a few pictures, you know. And then that's going to be that's going to be the end of it. So, I can't believe that that memory is like now attached to somebody who sells cigars for a living. Like that's yeah. that just doesn't happen. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it was I can't like it was so long ago that I can't remember exactly how long we were in there or how many questions we asked, but I think we were pretty like probably pretty adamant like that we wanted something cool or like <laughs> like off the beaten path or like something that we couldn't get somewhere else or whatever. And th- even at that time Opus was a lot harder to even get then than it is now, but so 
I don't I don't blame the whoever the shop owner was because I mean but yeah if you think about it that way <laughs> it could be crazy to just hand two uh, novices the, the yeah. cigars but yeah it, it ended up working out that right. guy kicks ass yeah right that guy actually kicks ass yeah mm-hmm. he just went to the back he's like hold on yeah fam. Hold that, on, yeah fam. that was the I thing like, yeah I got you the, yeah. <laughs> it, it was cool that he went to the back because it gave it like even more like mystique for yeah. us. We're like, yes. whoa, what's he doing back there? What's he getting? <laughs> He's rolling it himself. <laughs> yeah, and then he comes out with this, and the the artwork on Opus is like gorgeous, right? So he comes out with these cigars, and it's like, you know, the light shining down upon it as he, you know, presents yeah. you with this majestic looking thing, this giant majestic cigar, and uh, yeah. yeah, what an awesome story. That's pretty it's- cool. Look at your boy. Yeah, like, even yeah. the artwork. I mean, all of the Fuente cigar artwork is great, but the artwork on our Ashen ESG, which I believe you guys have in there, the band on that is gorgeous as well. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, another one we have. And we that's have a very so similar, uh, in the same vein as Opus, where Opus is a, a shade-grown Dominican Puro. The ESG stands for Estate Sun-Grown Estate, being the plot of land where they grow the Opus tobacco, but it's a sun-grown wrapper, so. Um, if anyone likes Opus, which a lot of people do, um, and you haven't tried the ESG, I would absolutely try the ESG. It's our most premium tobacco for sure, and it totally different from the VSG in just about every way flavor-wise. Um, but it's, again, it's a fuller body cigar, but so well-blended and aged uh, that it just smokes so, so smooth. Um, a lot of cedar and, like, a graham cracker-esque flavor to it, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, especially on the dry draw I, I don't normally like to try and get overly colorful with the words i use to describe how it tastes because sometimes you read a write-up on a cigar and it says all these wild things I, I when i'm smoking i look for a lot more general um notes when i'm starting and then sometimes it uh gets a little deeper um like the only one that stands out that i can taste like a very distinct flavors on the ash and symmetry is uh like if i take that out of the cellophane and i cut it um i'm big on dry draw that's where i get a lot of like the pre-smoke flavor um it's like a very distinct like dried fruit which is the only cigar to date that i like right off the bat i get it every time it's very it's a lot more distinct than i normally get from any other cigar so yeah when i'm trying to see what i'm gonna expect before i even light it i've always take it's not something i spent a lot of time thinking about but just a few seconds here and there to see what I'm expecting out of the cigar. We're big advocates of the dry draw. We, you know, the dry pull as we call it, like, you know, we, we do a segment on the show where, where Carl's like, uh, you know, essentially blind tasting a cigar, trying to figure out what it is. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. so, so we go through that process every, every show, every episode. And like, we're always advocating to our guys that, you know, take just a couple of seconds to like, you know, appreciate those soft flavors that you can pull off of the tobacco before you even light it. You know, there's, there is something to it and, uh, it makes for a more enjoyable experience. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you're like sitting around with your buddies or whoever uh, doing a blind taste test is a good exercise. Just, well, for one, it's kind of fun just to see if you can get close to figuring out what it is or how close you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it makes you think a lot more when you're actually smoking. The, a lot of us, if we're daily smokers, maybe we're smoking a little bit more passively and kind of, um, even if you're if you're doing work while you're smoking or you're preoccupied somewhere else, you're not necessarily always 
taking the full uh, time or mental effort to really think about what you're smoking. So, yeah, we used to do uh, like blind tests just for fun at work when I was in the retail store a lot, just uh, like I said, because it's fun. But then it also makes you think more and you the more you do it, the you'd be surprised that when you start noticing, oh, that's a Habano wrapper or, oh, that tastes Honduran. Uh, I mean, shade wrapper, that's gives it away by the look, obviously, but you, you'd be surprised at when you can kind of get to distinct flavors or general flavors that you'll know and then you'll recognize as you start smoking different cigars. Right, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with that segment on the show. Last week, Dave um, <clears throat> handed me a cigar without a band and it was the uh, Aroma de Cuba, like the, just the classic core line. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I got it right. Yeah, he nailed it. Uh, because yeah. that's just one of my that's favorite awesome. cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I'm pretty good awesome. at I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. yeah. But uh <laughs> yeah. that was the toughest uh, one today. It, it always feels good to get it exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's been a fun it's it's fun for the listeners too because they're like Yeah. They want Yeah, so like we would we would jot like I would work kind of backwards. I would always try and figure out the wrapper and then filler binder's kind of hard unless Honduran to me has a very distinct flavor but mm-hmm. it's yeah I would go wrapper filler for me and then blend uh, like La Roma de Cubo um, but yeah it's also always very funny when someone gets it just 100% wrong that's always fun yeah yeah that's good <laughs> I'm waiting for that day. yeah I'm still trying to stump him you know so like each each episode yeah. I, I pick out a cigar and pull the band off and give it to him and see if, if Carl can figure it out and I have I'm still I'm still trying to find one that uh that he's not going to figure out so it'll happen we'll see what happens it's it's, uh it's also a good exercise too because many times that i've seen but like you get a guy a cigar that you know he says he doesn't like like for years and then you give it to him in the blind test and they're like thinking about it thinking about it like man this is really good yeah and so it just goes to show a lot of not even in cigars again this is you can get a certain image in your head about a certain brand that you either really like or or don't like, but if you uh, kind of gives it a fair chance. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So we're we're challenging everybody this month to come in and try the Ashton VSG. Like we said, this cigar has been around for a while. You've probably had one before. It probably hasn't been. You know, it's probably been a little while. You know, if it has for you, come in and try this thing again. You know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put our reputations on the line here, <laughs> and uh, you know, recommend the VSG to everybody. We challenge you guys to come in and try this. Thing. Yeah, come yeah. get four. Yeah. grab one for free. I think you're safe putting your reputation on the line on VSG. That's one that will uh, that'll back you up. Every that'll time. back us up. Right? We feel yeah. so confident. Yeah. Like you grab this cigar, you're gonna love it. It's an experience that you're not gonna forget, and it's gonna be in your regular rotation. I'm sure. So all month long, it's just gonna be. You heard Jordan talk about them. Ashton, San Cristobal, La Roma de Cuba. Buy four, get one free. Come win one of these beautiful ashtrays that Jordan provided for us. Mm-hmm. For you guys, rather, not for us. Uh, grab a raffle ticket, throw one in. I'm sure, it's going to be really easy to win a couple of these things. You heard about the blends. You heard about all the great cigars that we have here at the World Famous Tall Chief Cigars, Humidor and Lounge. So whatever one sounds best to you, come on down and grab one. We're going to be here all month long celebrating the Ashton portfolio of brands. So, uh, Jordan, we really appreciate you you kicking it with us for a little while. It was a great interview. And yeah, Dave and I learned awesome. so much yeah. about you. You've probably had the most descriptive so far about 
uh, you know, what goes into these cigars yeah, and what somebody can expect. Yeah. And a whole other a whole other bunch of things as well. So it's been really great to have you on the horn. Yeah, with us. you know your stuff, man. That was awesome. Yeah, well no, thank you guys for having me. Like something I obviously really love so I can talk about it for sometimes too long so i hope i didn't uh, ramble too much no that that was great dude that was fantastic so again for anybody listening we got jordan charles here from ashton cigars told you everything there is to know gave you the boot camp on ashton yeah so come on in celebrate with us share an ashton with us all month long here at the world famous tall chief cigars cool thanks jordan Huge thanks to Jordan Charles, our boy from Ashton Cigars, yeah. for joining us this month. Dropping so much knowledge on us about these cigars. Like, I didn't expect that from him, <laughs> man. I got to tell you, like, Jordan is, like, the one rep that I would, that I would, and no offense to any other reps out there, but he's, like, the one rep that I would, like, think would be in our, like, friend group. Like, that's a guy who we'd see at, you know, the shop mm-hmm. and sit down and kick it with and, like, want to hang out with, golf, whatever. Yeah. Jordan's like that guy. Um, And I was, you know, I wasn't expecting him to just drop buckets on us as far as like wrapper, binder, filler, origin, saw the farm, like, okay, buddy. You know, so that was, uh, that was awesome to hear. And that was so informative. And one of the better interviews that we've had just because Jordan has been doing this probably as long as we have, maybe longer. And, uh, yeah. Wow. He knows his stuff, man. That was really cool. That was so impressive. Yeah. I was just sitting there in awe of just him going off mm-hmm. on a Nicaraguan sun-grown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. So anyway, that's, a, that's our way of kicking off Ashton Month here at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars Humidor and Lounge. Buy four, get one free on Ashton, San Cristobal, La Roma de Cuba. I'm going to get my buddy Dave a lighter here <laughs> real quick. There you go. Um, buy four, get one free. We have eight beautiful, beautiful ashtrays here on display and uh, you know we've posted some pictures of them as well on our Facebook and Instagram and, and whatnot. every time you engage with that promo buy four of Ashton Aroma de Cuba San Cristobal mix and match you will receive a free cigar and a raffle ticket take that ticket put it in any of the ashtrays you see up here on display what you see is what you're competing against <laughs> so it could be a really nice way to scoop up an ashtray mm-hmm. and have four delicious cigars that you now know everything about. That's right. There's eight grand prizes this month, eight gorgeous La Aroma de Cuba ashtrays to give away. So that's pretty exciting. So before we go into our, our, uh, our master's coverage here on the uh, Tall Chief Cigar <laughs> Cigar Circle podcast, I, uh, I'm 5-0 and o here. 4 yeah. and 5-0, and some would argue. Um in our in our uh, flagship game of blindfold the big dog that's obviously right. if you've seen me i am the big dog <laughs> um i got a box here i have not opened it i have not seen the cigar of this week yet um i know we're kind of late in the episode here we have we have a, a fat one planned for you today i'm mm-hmm. um, about to crack this thing open give it a cut give it a dry pull give it a quick taste give it a light and then dave and i are going to talk about the masters what we think is going to happen what we would like to happen it's currently time of filming 12.30 on Thursday, so we've seen a little bit. Nothing crazy. Um, still early enough to you know give our takes. Yep. And uh, then we're going to talk about what we've smoked this week. So I'm going to go ahead and open yeah. this thing here. And like, like Carl said, he's, he's, had a, he's, he's got a perfect record so far. So I'm, I, I tried to 
I know I said this the last couple of weeks, but I'm really trying to make this difficult on him this time. Okay, so this cigar is pretty much your classic Toro size. It looks like a 6x52. The first thing I noticed about the wrapper is it's super toothy yeah. and like sandpapery and just like this is this is nice. So it's what just, does that tell you as far as what you th- what you know what types of wrapper could could this be just from from the look and feel of it right now? Like what does it tell you the toothiness of the wrapper? What does that tell you about it? Like a, maybe like a San Andreas mm. wrapper. Um, something that's probably going to be strong and rich, maybe or like a broadleaf of some kind. Yeah. Um, uh, clearly, the first thing optically you could tell with any cigar is usually whether it's a Connecticut or not. Um, it's certainly not a natural wrapper, um, and I would be. I would I would not think that this would be like a Sumatra wrapper. My first mm-hmm. inclination would be that this is a San Andreas wrapper okay. cigar because, the one quality that I've seen this, this toothiness and this, these like little dots. That mm-hmm. just kind of comprise the wrapper here and give it that like sandpapery feel. Right, is on things like the blackened. We've seen that on yep. quite a bit. Yep. Um, San Andreas wrapper cigars for the most part. We're gonna give this thing a cut. Yeah, I'm excited for this man. I've been jonesing for a cigar all day long. Nice. Oop, yeah, that's uh, that's you know an, an an astute observation. Like when we when when uh, cigar smokers talk about a toothy wrapper, like that's what they're referring to. Is that those tiny little sandpaper pockmarks that are all over the all over the leaf that make it feel rough and and textured like that you know toothiness yeah it's got a very fruity dry pull nice very fruity and there's there's some there's some there's some spice like uh, but not a lot so mm. not a, there's not a lot so I think there was a cigar a week or two back that I took a dry pull and then like tapped it with my tongue and it was like a little hot. This one not so much. Okay. This one is like more. I would I would guess this is gonna smoke like a medium medium plus cigar. It's a beautiful cigar and it's heavy in the hand and it sits really nicely. Cool. And I like it. So now if, I'm, if I look at the if I look at the foot here, um, sometimes you can see like different like if something has ligero in it for example like you can kind of see it like it's mm-hmm. darker in the middle mm-hmm. to give something a little bit more spice to it. Mm-hmm. Nothing really sticks out here. There's like a couple little lighter lighter flakes there. But anyway, we're gonna light this thing and uh, get into it, man. Yeah. This one looks good. This looks like something I'm gonna like. Yeah, you guys should um, feel free. You know, if we, if you ever hear terms throughout this process that you don't know like look these things up too because it'll help you expand your cigar knowledge and help you describe your own experiences Lajero tobacco um, is, is it you know it's a common term that you'll hear it refers to like really nice dark general usually filler tobaccos um, and they're high very high primings so what that means is these are leaves that are harvested from the very top of the plant they receive the most direct sunlight, and they come out very spicy, full-flavored, full-body, dark-looking. And so you can kind of tell when you look into the foot of a cigar and you see patches of darker tobacco near the center, um, you know, you can you can sort of tell that, yeah, th- this, this cigar has, you know, uh, a good amount of Lajero tobacco. Generally, it's going to be spicier and fuller-bodied as a result. First couple pulls are like extra medium. Nothing crazy off the beginning, which I like. Um, sometimes when a cigar 
ooh, yeah, it is good. Mm. Sometimes when a cigar kicks me in the teeth in the beginning, like for the most part I like that, but sometimes I'm just like, okay, yeah. you know, you can get exhausted doing <laughs> yeah. that every day. Um, yeah. I've been paying, you guys probably heard me lighting this cigar. I've been paying really close attention lately to like toasting it around the rim and then putting it down for like 30 seconds mm. and then completing it just so I get a nice even burn. Nice. So that I could, because I think a lot of us get lazy. We'll just pop it in, yep. pull the lighter, yep. hold the lighter up, you know, do whatever, mm-hmm. and then get it, get it, uh, get it lit that way. But like the actual way you're supposed to light a cigar is toast it, put it down, let it sit, then light it in the traditional way, hold the flame away, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So I've been lazy about that for quite some time, and I have changed my tune on that. So the first like five pulls of this cigar were awesome. Mm. This is this is good, and I don't think it's a San Andreas. It does not have, it does not have that kind of uh, initial kick that you would expect. I don't see that. I could be wrong since I'm literally one sixty fourth of the way into the cigar here, <laughs> but I just don't get that kick off the bat. Um, maybe earliest inclination is like a Scuro. Nice. Yeah. So it looks like uh, it's got some oil to it. It lo- and um, yeah, it's like a nice big fat Toro. So I think I picked a good one this week, man. I think this one's going to be tough, and uh, I'm going to be shocked and disheartened if he gets this one. If he gets this one right, <laughs> the smoke is. The smoke smells nice too. Like that's one thing I noticed instantly. I was just like, because sometimes the smoke is like you know typical smelly cigar mm-hmm. smoke, or it's just like a little bit different, and uh, you know, I'm I'm getting some of that. As well, so, so you said it what it wasn't real hot and spicy off the rip. No, 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 yeah. no, it wasn't. It was like it, it, it's right me. It's just like perfect medium off the beginning. Nice. We'll see how it changes because yeah. I think this cigar is going to change on me. But I, the taste I have, the first thing that sticks out about the taste of this cigar is oscuro. It's just a little sweet. Um, it's a little too dark to be a Corojo, I feel. Maybe it has some of that those elements to it. But, like, that's that's what sticks out okay. off the bat. So, Man. anyway, I'm going to keep smoking this, and Dave and I are going to talk a little bit about the Masters, then get into um, what's new, what we've had this week, and what we've been trying. Yeah. So Dave, I'll let you lead it off here yeah. about the Masters. Very exciting. I've, I'm, I'm a big golf nerd for anybody who knows me, and I, I just uh, became obsessed with the game. Uh, many years ago and and so this is a big week for me and for every golf nut around the country i'm sure some of you are listening now masters week so um the reigning champion from last year scotty scheffler the man also happened to have just gone out a few weeks ago and won the players championship and this dude is just on fire and so what i said to carl earlier like we were talking about this if i was if I was going to gamble my own money, I think I'd have to go with Scheffler. I think that he's a, a, a really safe pick because I've, the dude is just on top of his game, seems to be unbeatable when he's on. Um, you know, it, I, I, I thought it was amazing that he actually didn't end up winning the match play for the second year in a row, which he also won last year, by the way. Um he wasn't able to defend that title. I think he finished um, in because uh, he lost the consolation match. Also, he finished technically in fourth place. Um, but 
So if I was a betting man, Scheffler's on top of that list. But if I'm betting with my heart, how can you not go with McElroy, man? Like, the dude is playing Easily. incredible golf right now, and the Masters is the last major that the man needs to complete the career Grand Slam. And how could you not root for that after well, the career he's had? I think as if you're a guy that golfs like you are, that's what you're rooting for. If you're just a fan of keeping up with it, like me, but not actually engaging in the game at mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. I think McElroy comes off kind of like just like a <laughs> bowl of plain-ass oatmeal yeah. with no brown sugar. It's like... Yeah, like that's got that guy's good. I should like it. Yeah. But I want that donut. Yeah. Give me that. Give me that everything bagel. <laughs> let me get that. Let me get that latte. You know, like I'm not like yeah, yeah, if it's January 1st and I'm, you know, kind of trying to cut down 10-15, get them high glycemic carbs in. Yeah, let me get McElroy. <laughs> Fine. Put a little fruit in there, I guess. I don't know. But man, if it's if it's uh, I don't know. It's like Thanksgiving morning, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta get, you gotta get, you gotta get some sugar in there, you know. Let me get. Scheffler, I like. Mm-hmm. Scheffler has a little bit of personality to it, to him. But let me get a, let me get a live tour golfer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me get Cameron Young. I can't get behind that dude. I can't. Let me. Let, all right, find them. <laughs> let me get Max Homa. Uh, yeah. Right. That I can get behind. Let, it. Let, yeah. let me get Brooks Koepka. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll take it back. I hate Brooks Kepka. Let me get Bryson, right? Or not. I don't know, because we're coming at this from two different perspectives. Yeah, of like, we are. You yeah. golf, I don't. But I want I want the personality. You know, like yeah. that's why I can't mess with college sports. Because there's no personality. NFL, okay. NBA, yeah. you get personality. There's right. villains and shit mm-hmm. and like Yeah. But like, you know, so I could understand a golf fan wanting Rory to finish it off. Yeah, like he's had an incredible career, and this is the this is the last one that he needs to, to complete that career Grand Slam. So that's really cool. But I do I can sympathize with what you're saying that he's a, he's a vanilla type of mm-hmm. pick, and like his game is so methodical. He's he's like he can be he can seem kind of like a machine out there, you know. Um, I can definitely get with you on Homa. Definitely get with you on Homa. The dude's got so much personality. We were talking earlier about you know, all of his off the course appearances and, and, you know, when he's on Barstool uh, on the podcast Mm -hmm. or on some of these other shows, like he's just so much fun to listen to. And he seems like a really cool guy and also has just top shelf world-class game. Yeah. So like, yeah, that would be really cool. The best of all worlds, right? It's like none of us realistically, neither Dave or I want one of these live clowns to win. No. Right. Like, um, I don't think many people do. I think it, I think the Masters has a very awkward vibe this year. Um, even though Dave and I were looking at the pairings and like it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything too. We were I was praying for Tiger and Phil together, yeah, yeah, which didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Home is a guy we can all get behind. Even Scheffler again. Mm-hmm. Scheffler has been crushing it since like January of last year. Right. Um, right. Maybe a little buttoned up, I suppose. Yeah, he's kind of a straight-laced dude, uh, you know, real religious guy. He's, like, open about that. He's And, you know, he's um, sort of your, you know, just, like, down-to-earth and just very wholesome mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a guy uh, with 
an, a, a ridiculous looking swing. Like when when the dude swings his driver, you know his feet are coming up off the ground. It looks wild and uncontrollable, and somehow he just laces it down the center of the fairway like this. And uh, so he's fun to watch for sure. Play golf, but personality wise, you know he's a little bit little bit dry and a little bit kind of straight laced and everything. You know? Yeah, I think that's the direction the PGA Tour should go in. Like, <clears throat> a lot of these play, a lot of these sports now are just like getting the fan closer to the game via social media or just like little shorts or documentaries or something like that. Kind of like what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not just like, yeah, this is this guy or whatever. It's like you guys know our per- both of our personalities by now. You might like, you might like it, you might not. <laughs> You know, um, but whatever, like, I think that's, I think that's the direction that a lot of successful companies and, you know, obviously leagues and shit like that, Mm -hmm. I think that's the direction they're going. I would love to engage more with the PGA that way, Mm -hmm. because like, if I see a golfer doing something cool or funny on, like this morning, I listened to Barstool podcast, pardon my take, Max is on, Max home is on, I'm invested now. Because he was funny and cool yeah, and yeah. like relatable, so <laughs> yeah. like now I want to watch the Masters. Yeah. And if he doesn't make the cut, I probably won't watch the Masters. Right. You know, the most fun I ever had watching golf as a non-golfer was the 2019 Masters. Who did not have fun watching mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Right, the Tiger Redemption arc. Just Tiger, mm-hmm. who did despicable things. Yeah. Like yeah. why? I didn't. I couldn't yeah. understand why everybody wanted him. To win so bad. He's Mm. been, you know, for lack of a better word, a deplorable person (laughs) for like a decade at that point. And I'm guilty of it too. I wanted Tiger to win Mm -hmm. so bad. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I don't know. I don't know how golf was able to do that to me. But it did. Yeah. You know? It really was one of the greatest, I mean, in my opinion, as as a golf fan, like it was the greatest comeback in all of sports. You know, um, I, it's got to be right up there. And, yeah, that was so much fun to watch and so much fun to see him come down the stretch and hold on to it. But, uh, you know, for for what I don't know if you've noticed this, but in this year, um, if you've seen any golf, you've noticed that some of the on NBC and CBS, I, I'm pretty sure that CBS is doing this as well. Um, they're starting to do this thing now where at one point in the round on the weekend, they're asking a, a specific player or two to put an ear an earbud in after they hit their tee shot. And on their walk up the fairway to their ball, they're going to talk about the shot they just hit. That's exactly what I'm talking and it's about. And so, it was so cool. It was so awesome to hear. I, I think Morikawa did it once. I think they had McElroy do it once. They had the one kid, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, you know, he's a tour rookie or, or second-year player. Um, but it was so cool to hear these guys describe, like, yeah, so, you know, the fairway slopes this way. I was trying to hit it up the left here to leave myself this kind of angle into the pin. And then they get up to their ball, and he's like, yeah, the lie doesn't look so great. I think I'm probably going to have to knock down a six iron here. You know, they, like, talk about the shots they're about to hit, and then – take the earbud out, hit the shot, and then put it back in and talk about the result of what they were just trying to do. It was, it was awesome. And, and it, to your point, you know, brings the game a little bit closer to you, brings the players closer, and makes them more relatable. Yeah, I mean, I just I can't get enough of that stuff. You know, 
maybe I'm just like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just can't sit down if I have no attachment to, to what's happening on the TV. Yeah. Like, people who know me know that I love baseball. And I think the only reason why I was able to come to love baseball the way I do, which is looked at by most people as slow, boring, fat guy game, all this stuff, right, uh, is because you could watch the kids on your team come up through the farm over a long period of time, mm-hmm. yeah. which is it, the, if you're a patient person, you probably like baseball because the entire game until this year, unfortunately, is predicated on patience. In anticipation and waiting waiting for the right for the right moment and the whole journey of it is awesome to me now I mean I, I love football too and uh, golf has grown on me simply because of the engagement I've been able to have through media with a lot of these golfers mm-hmm. so um couple bold predictions for this weekend Dave we'll get into them do you think Tiger makes the cut yeah, it's tough. Like you said, we're recording this on Thursday morning. We've seen Tiger play three or four holes, uh, one over on Thursday. So from that point, that's where we're picking up this conversation. Um, you know, I think he does. I think he makes the cut. I don't think he contends on the weekend, but I think we can get him in inside the top 30, 35 guys by the end of the weekend and um because this dude knows augusta like no one else does you know i, I mean like 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 very very few people do he's won around here five times and this is this might be the the premier example on the entire tour season of a golf course where course knowledge is like th- maybe the most important factor mm. um knowing where to hit the ball and where not to hit the ball, where to miss it properly. You know, no one has more knowledge than Tiger. And so even if he doesn't have his A-plus game, he's going to be able to get it around. Um, And even though he hasn't been playing very much, you know, uh, competition golf, you know, uh, professional tournaments, um, He's played a few, and 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 he he looks to be in in good enough shape to to get it around. So I'm gonna say yes, makes the cut, you know, and uh, maybe a, maybe a T30 would uh, mm-hmm. would be a good finish for him. You know? All right, yeah, I also have Tiger making the cut. Uh, we're gonna hold our winners till the end. Next question I have for Dave is how many live tour golfers do you think are gonna make the cut? Again, if if I had my way, I'd say zero, man. I'm <laughs> I'm not happy about the live tour. I'm not happy about these guys. Um, deciding to to take take the money over the glory and the history of the PGA Tour, so I'm not behind it. And if I had my way, they would they would all go home with their tails between their legs, uh, back to their pillows of money. But uh, you know, I think in all likelihood, uh, you know, Brooks Kepka is coming off a win on the Live Tour last weekend. I could see him doing okay. Uh, you know, he. I, I could see Dustin Johnson, another guy who's won here before. Uh, you know, making the cut at least. And uh, Cameron Smith is another. You know, another guy who's been. None of these guys have been playing especially well on the Live Tour. Um, but I could. I could see. I could see them. These are. These are some of the best golfers in the world, right? The Live Tour. I don't think really is the same level of competition. And for these guys to stay sharp. 
they've got to be playing at the highest level they possibly can and they're not doing that on the live tour so mm -hmm. you know i i don't think any of them is is in contention uh on sunday but yeah a few of them are going to make the cut you know i'm going to go with eight live tour golfers okay. make the cut at the masters All this right. year lastly let's get into what people want to hear your prediction on the winner yeah man um I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to predict Rory McIlroy. I'm going to say he gets it done this year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, my, my guy, I, I got to go for it because it's it's going to be an awesome story, and I just am so excited to see him finish that off. Okay, I'm going to go with, with uh, Max Homa. Nice. Just made his first cut last year at the Masters. Obviously, this year, setting his sights way higher. Yep. Been the second-best golfer, I'd say, since, you know, about two years running now. It goes Scheffler, uh, Homa, Rahm. Mm-hmm. Just crushing it out there. Yep. We're gonna go with the with the youngster. I think he's my age, Max Homa, <laughs> bringing it home uh, on Monday in the Masters because it's probably gonna rain. Yikes! A whole bunch. Oh, so no. you heard it here first. Just a little bit of a you know we got some golf guys. The Monday Dave's a golf finish. guy. Yeah. Just uh yeah the Monday finish when you're at work. No work's getting done if you have any job other than what we do here. Um, sitting in an <laughs> office or whatever. So enjoy the Masters, guys. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about this cigar that I'm smoking here and the new things that we've tried this week. Hey, guys. It's Carl. It's April. It's smoking season. And you know how we do it here at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars Humidor and Lounge. We got events. Got something lined up every single month from now until October. The first one being... The Altidus Winter Store, coming through Tall Chief Cigars at Native Pride. On Thursday night, April 20th, you're not going to want to miss this. Altidus consists of brands like H. Upman, Monte Cristo, Romeo and Juliet, Trinidad, Aging Room, Gisper. The list goes on. And this Winter's Tour is going to showcase some of the most awesome cigars that this brand, that this portfolio has. Namely, the Aging Room, Monte, uh, Aging Room Nicaragua, and the Monte Cristo 1935. Join us, obviously myself and Dave, Dominican Dave, Mame, and Travis from Altidus. Here at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars, grab a couple of these sticks, try something new, pair it with a coffee, pair it with something else, learn a little bit about them, grab some free sticks, take a discount. We're going to have it all lined up here for you to come by, have a seat, smoke with the boys, smoke with the girls, and have a great time. Just one of the many events that we have scheduled here at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars Altidus Winners Tour, Thursday, April 20th, 6 o'clock. Get out here. Come chill with us. It's going to be a great time. Hey, guys. We're back here. Got to close out the show. We still have a little bit to talk about, uh, namely this cigar that Dave handed me here. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, again, for the second week in a row, I don't know what I could be smoking. <laughs> the only dis the only identifiable thing about this cigar is the wrapper. It's so, it's just so rough and toothy, and it's just got these, you know, you guys have seen them before, these little white dots that are on the wrappers that as you smoke, they appear on the ash. They're mm -hmm. beautiful and really cool and really, to me, distinctive of a San Andreas cigar. Um, but then here's the problem I'm having. It is not a full body cigar. So it's a Toro. It's like a six by 52 Toro, right? Something like that. Yeah. It's not a 54. 
Um, and it's not a 50. Either. Right, like, yeah. So so that would lead me to believe that if it was a San Andreas at a, in a 6x52, it would have some punch to it. It's only a tiny bit. It's like a medium, like just above a medium. So hmm. there's no chocolatey notes or anything like that. It's just a woodiness. Um, I will say that I've, I've found that San Andreas, if it's left alone for a while, if it like can sit and age in a nice humidor for a long time, it definitely does mellow, mellow out. Um, you know, fresh San Andreas wrapper is very strong and spicy, but uh, this is one wrapper with a reputation for really being able to like really mellow with age, you know, so for what it's worth. The first inclination that I had was that this was an AJ um, New World Oscuro mm. because it had a little bit of a sweetness to it that I enjoyed. Um, but then, you know, as I look at it, as I taste it, it's, it's it, I believe it's a San Andreas of some kind, but I just can't put my finger on it. I'm going to keep smoking this. I'm about a third of the way through. In the meantime, Dave and I are going to talk about some new smokes that we had this week. And I've had plenty. I'm going to let Dave start because I think I'm going to go pretty long. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, so there's a new stick on the shelves in here from a very, very popular family of cigars um, that's really been a, a very, very big seller for us, which is the Macanudo Inspirado line of cigars. Um, the Inspirado White is just a fantastic Ecuadorian Connecticut shade nice mild cigar for for breakfast the i i personally love the inspirado black uh, connecticut broadleaf but then there's the the orange with those wonderful sweet caramel notes there's the the red which is like a spicier nicaraguan blend a little bit fuller bodied um you know all all of these cigars have been very very popular for us there's a new one now uh, it's a limited edition macanudo inspirado it's got this like nice uh, black, white, and gray artwork to it, and uh, a, a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. So I was very excited to try this thing. Um, Mike Godici from General Cigar dropped by, dropped some samples on us, and we got to try it out. And I will say that uh, this thing is very complex. There were a number of different flavors going on um, outside of my typical wheelhouse, but very complex and and fun to smoke for that reason because there was so much to figure out about this thing so i found notes of of woodiness some some sort of baking spice and then just you know it really wasn't a ton of natural sweetness uh primarily like that wood leather and and baking spice that i found in this cigar um very interesting and you guys should definitely try this thing out not only because it's a good cigar, but because it's also a limited run and it's not going to be around forever. So uh, stop in and ask for that one. Um, you know, there was uh, there was another cigar as well that uh, that I had for the first time in in a little while. Right. And that was the La Gloria Cubana Classic Maduro. So the the La Gloria Cubana line uh, is you know, is broken up into a number of families. Last week I talked about the Medio Tiempo. I've always loved the Serie R Maduro, but then there's also this line Classic. The uh, La Gloria Cubana Classic Maduro is another Connecticut broadleaf. And this one though, if you're familiar with the Serie R Maduro, it's very, very sweet and very dark looking. 
The classic Maduro is also very dark looking, but not quite as sweet. There are more earthy notes to it. Um, and I found that to be really enjoyable. My palate's been drifting away from like the sweetest Maduros I can find and more toward this, this earthy side, which is why we've been smoking a lot of San Andreas Maduro lately, like the blackened, like the Undercrown 10 and, uh, that classic La Glory Cubana classic Maduro falls into that sort of earthy Maduro family for me. So I really like that one a lot too. Yeah, I mean, I tried that Tercio aged Macanudo Inspirado, and you had told me before I smoked it that you thought I would like it, and I loved it. <clears throat> it smoked really fast because I think it was a little bit of a fresh sample. I probably could have like if I were if I was like really gonna do it like legitimately, I would have put it in my humidor for yeah. a month. And I my humidor is like at sixty two, sixty three, and I love when the cigars come out like that. Just like mm-hmm. they taste. They taste so oh, – just the flavor comes through on them really, really well. Yeah, the flavor smoke comes nicely. through. The burn is, like, nicer that yeah. way too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. So Tercio Age just got here yesterday. Really cool stick. Also another interesting stick that got here yesterday that I don't think I told Dave about yet. I don't think he had seen it is Punch released their Knuckle Buster Habano in a new size called the Stubby. Now, if you look at the Stubby, you might think – that it resembles another popular cigar that we have here at the world famous Tall Chief Cigars Humidor and Lounge, the Nub. Mm. So the Nub is a four by sixty we carry it. The Stubby comes in a four and a half by sixty, and it's three dollars and eighty-five cents. Fantastic cigar. Anyone who knows Dave and I knows probably has seen that Punch and us have a has a very interesting relationship. <laughs> Um, you know, we had Punch Month last June. We got the People's Champ, one of only 30 stores in the con- in the country that has the People's Champ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they've grown to like us. They feature us on their social media. They've given us awards. The Golden Mr. Punch, the, the Shop of the Month, mm-hmm. um, all sort of cool stuff. So Punch and I have a great relationship. And Punch and Dave has have a great relationship as well because we love just pimping them out. Mm-hmm. Right? All we do is post about them. They're really cool with their marketing. And now they have this new stubby that you can get for under $4. Dave and I have become fans of the Knuckle Buster because it is so budget conscious. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Consistent, nice burn, great draw. Got any thoughts about that, Dave? Yeah, I, I, I uh, no surprise, especially like the Knuckle Buster Maduro. Um, you know, both, both of those lines are just consistent burn at a fantastic everyday price. And that's what so many of our customers are looking for, right? Is a is a premium cigar that they uh, that they can pick up a box of without breaking the bank, and Knuckle Buster is that. Um, and yeah, the the Habano right up Carl's alley, the Maduro right up mine with that broadleaf Maduro. So yeah, we we absolutely love that family of cigars. So the the new size is going to play really well in here, I think. Absolutely, can't wait to show you guys that when you stop in. So <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, I went to Pittsburgh for a concert. And I went to this cigar shop called Cigaro to see our Oliva rep, Josh, who was having an event that day. So I ended up going through the store and buying one of everything that I saw that we don't have here. <laughs> and the reason why I did this is because I want to keep trying new stuff to bring in here. And over the past nine days or so, I've been sampling one of these things every day. I've had a new one every day. I'm not going to list all of them. But I'm going to list some. We're going to start with Aganorsa Leaf. 
Agonorsa Leaf is a company that Dave and I have come into contact with at mm-hmm. different trade shows. We tried a couple things. It kind of it kind of sucks because last year we just gave away all the PCA samples, which is great, and we're gonna do that again. Um, but you know, it cost me. It cost me when I went to go check out this shop, right? It was, but whatever. So I grabbed an Agonorsa Leaf Habano and an Agonorsa Leaf Cerberus Guardian of the Farm. Very cool label. Three headed dog. Obviously, the ancient mythological Cerberus thing, you know, the, the yeah, creature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Habano guy. Right. I grabbed that Agonorsa Leaf Habano, gave it a try. Very underwhelmed. Oh. Did, did not, didn't, oh. wasn't, wasn't hitting for me. <laughs> but as underwhelmed as I was, with the Agonorsa Leaf Habano, the Cerberus was a banger stick. Okay. So good. I'm pretty sure it's it's Nicaraguan Puro with a nice dark wrapper. I didn't see what wrapper it was because I was too excited to smoke through this thing. <laughs> so much flavor, full body, great stick, cool label, just looks like a just looks like a good cigar. I loved that one. That was a great choice. Sure. Um, moving on. I was able to grab a Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Stillwell Star. Mm, yes. Anybody who knows anything about Dunbarton knows that the Stillwell Star is a once a year limited release cigar made with pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. Weird. Uh, David had one before in the mm-hmm. past. I think I might have had one as well, but I didn't really remember it. So I grabbed one, sat down. This was a cigar I was smoking during the interview with Jordan. And uh, again, not my favorite. Tasted like a Kentucky fire cured, yeah. had that fire cured tobacco taste. But what I will say is when you're smoking that cigar, you know it's an ultra premium hand rolled cigar. Mm. It smokes nicely. The burn was good. Uh, the draw was great. You know, the cap pops right off. Feels good in the hand. Just a great cigar. Um, but the flavor wasn't there for me. So Yeah, the KFC, that, that smoky, hickory smoked vibe is, I find, something you either love or you hate. Kentucky Fire Cure definitely has a lot of fans. So if you're into that, you're probably going to like the Stillwell, I guess. Um, it seemed to me when I tried it as, you know, like you said, an ultra premium version of that Kentucky Fire Cured. Uh, you know, the heavy on the on the smoke, on the hickory smoky vibes. Yeah. So one I can go without. We might try to bring it to you. We do get some questions about it here and there, but... Again, I wasn't like the most impressed with yeah, that one. So, yeah. moving on to the Roma Craft Neanderthal. Oof. This was one of the strongest cigars I've ever had, um, and I have had this before. And I did remember that it was going to be strong, but I wanted to get a little taste of it. Now it's been probably three years since I had one. Absolutely awesome cigar. Guys that come in and want to get blown away by a cigar are going to want to try this one. And this is a brand that we're going to try to get into contact with because this cigar is awesome. It's obnoxious in the best way possible. Some (laughs) cigars are obnoxious bad. This cigar is obnoxious good. It's like, okay, I get it. You're good. You're strong. Back off. And it's just like, nah. I had it in a Robusto, which was probably a mistake. I don't even know if it comes in another size. But it's called the Neanderthal because uh, it's, it's a round cigar with a flat head flat top resembling our ancestors skull shape pretty cool (laughs) great cigar but oh my god i was laboring through it um i had it at like noon big mistake this is the quintessential after the steak and bourbon Mm -hmm. smoke yeah that's it right there love it can't wait to get it 
and get some of our guys who love a full body stick and a try of that one. Yeah. Um, moving on, Crowned Heads four kicks. Cigar was cheaper than I thought it would be. I think it was like in the eight dollar range, nine dollar range, or something like that. Crowned Heads again. A boutique brand that a lot of you guys have probably heard of. We've heard of them, too. We've seen them at shows, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this cigar was awesome. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember thinking that this could be, like, you know, the higher end of somebody's everyday cigar, but it was, like, a perfect medium with a lot of flavor. I, it, to me, had, like, a little bit of a natural sweetness to it. Um, it was a bigger-sized Toro, if I remember correctly. Again, felt good in the hand, drew well, very flavorful. I just remember being caught a couple times in the in the process of smoking it, going, mm. like, dang, like I like that one. That yeah. was that was pretty good. And the last one that I had last night, one of my top five cigars of all time. Whoa, Dave and I have smoked um, thousands of different cigars. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be willing to guess, mm-hmm. which is horrible to say, but kind of an accomplishment. I think we tried to do the math once, and it, it's, it's a big number. Yeah. It's not good, yeah. but you know, whatever, YOLO. Live once, smoke your cigars. <laughs> the Foundation Tabernacle Broadleaf. This is a cigar that you can find here uh, sometimes. You get one box at a time. <laughs> Guys are on to it by now. They're going to buy it up. Um, this cigar fucking rocks. Mm, yeah. It rocks. The Havana Seed's good, the other one that we have, yep. but the Broadleaf is a, is a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. It is worth every single penny. It's one that you'll always be able to find here. Um, whether the box is empty or full, I'm not too sure, but we do have a great relationship with Foundation Cigars, um, and it's one that we just, Dave and I, cannot say enough of. comes in around 12 13 bucks a stick. If you could buy one stick in the humidor, that is a candidate mm-hmm. for the one you should buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. The, the Foundation uh, Tabernacle Broadleaf is what, what I was trying to describe before when I was talking about the, the um, La Gloria classic is like this perfect it straddles the line of like a sweet dark sweet maduro with with a ton of like earthiness it burns really cool and the, it's just nothing but flavor it's amazing amazing cigar yeah so that's our recap on things that we've had this week and we've come to the end of the show where i have to figure out what this cigar is and i truly have no idea <laughs> I don't know what this is. I'm feeling, I'm sweating because I think this is going to be my first loss. It was not really, it was not really feasible to think that I was going to do this forever, despite right. how absolutely great I am <laughs> at most things. Uh, <laughs> I have it, I, I have it in my head. I have it narrowed down to a couple choices, okay. and all I'm think, I think this is Nicaraguan. Okay. It doesn't taste Honduran. This, 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 it, it picks up in intensity a little bit as you go on. But the flavor of the, the tobacco is loud, and it's good. Um, you'll get it. When, when I tell you, when you get this wrong, and then I tell you what it was, you'll understand, I think. You know? You'll, oh, well, 100%. You'll be like, oh, yeah. I'll be like, how did I not know what that was? <laughs> so got it narrowed down to a couple. First, first one being the La Gloria Cubana Serie S. Because I do remember having that cigar maybe a year ago. It's a San Andreas wrapper. It didn't have the full full-on effect that uh you know i was expecting Mm. it reminds me a little bit of that one second second choice would be the aj fernandez puro special Mm. um i don't even really have a third because one san andreas is not a rapper that i smoke a lot of right and two 
I couldn't even venture to guess at um, which one it could be because I just know them all as being pretty strong. So, well, before you go any further, like you're you're on the you're on the right track. Yeah. You're just like you're naming cigars that have the same components that this cigar has. Yeah. Right. Of course. So like you're right there. Yeah. It's just like a matter of getting the 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 one that it is. That I will take as a win. Yeah. Um but past that, <laughs> I mean I'm I I'm visualizing the humidor in my head right. and I'm like it's not an Ashton. Could be an AJ. It could be a different La Gloria Cubana. You know, maybe like the the uh I, but that, that's the problem. Some of these I just don't know for sure what wrapper they have. Like mm. it could be the the uh, Esteli or whatever, mm. you know, like, but I don't know because those are some cigars that I don't smoke as often as other ones. Right. And I can't identify, like, I know the components. I could taste them. Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. is right. I can't you place can them. Yeah. I can't place them in the right cigar. Yeah. Right. Okay. So like, you know, you go through it in your head. It's not a Fuente or a, or a Newman. It's right. Like, you know, right. it's not an Oliva, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. Um, it, it doesn't feel like anything from like one of the Altidus brands, Monte Cristo, Romeo, Upman, Aging Room. Right. Um, and the size is not very, uh, you know, revealing to what it could be. Yeah. So the other guess that I have is going to be in the uh, in the forged family of brands mm. because that's the only thing that I'm thinking, only place I'm thinking it could be. Like maybe the La Gloria Cubana. The, here's the other problem with that brand, though. There's so many different like Siri R, Siri S, Siri mm-hmm. this. So uh, my third, the one that I'll have it narrowed down to at third no, I can't even do it. I can't even do it. I can't even do it. My guess is no, I can't. It's not that. It's, it's not. A, it's not. It's not it's in. T- the, uh, it's not in the forged family. Um, so, uh, yeah. Should I keep going with with hints? I mean, because I could. Uh, I'm just smoking right now. I could give you a couple of hints. Like it's. Um, it's not your, you know, it's not a Drew Estate. Right, yeah, I know that, I know that for right? sure. And it's not, like you said, all the other brands you listed off, you know, Altidus, um, all the, all It's not Oliva, any of those. I know AJ, it's not. It's not, um, it's not an Ashton, it's not it's a not Perdomo, Ashton, it's, Perdomo. Not a, it's not a Rocky. Right. You know, so it's like. So who's left? So it's just, it's got to be somewhere on that back wall. It's like there a CAO go. or a fucking. Right. You know, and then if you, looking at it, I mean. But San Andreas, it's mm-hmm. not a broadleaf, right? It's not a, it's not a Connecticut broadleaf. Yep. So it's not a Bones. It's not a Session. Right. It's not a Consigliere. Right. It's not, it's not a BX3. No. Nope. It's not an MX2. No. Nope. <laughs> so you're going through. It's not a Pilone. <laughs> no. It's not a, good Lord. It's not one of, oh, I know what it is. Do you? I don't know if we, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'm pretty sure I do. All right, this is going to be my guess. This is not going to count for a full it's point. Not going <laughs> to count for a full point. My guess is going to be the CAO Zocalo. <laughs> the Zocalo yeah, Toro, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. That so doesn't count. That's we're going to that's an L. That's an L. That's an L. That's we an got him. That's an L, but we got we there got and him. I could see it now. Yep. That's 6 by 52 Toro with yep. the San Andreas wrapper. I did say there was not any Mexican in there, though, which, upon knowing what it is, I could kind of understand now, 
because as you get into the stick, there is a little bit of a chocolatey vibe that I usually get with like a Mexican or Brazilian tobacco, mm. right? Is that true? Is there some? Well, the yeah. So the, so the the Zacalo branding is like the you know they use the colors of the Mexican flag and everything, and that's because of the Mexican San Andreas wrapper. But it's a primarily Nicaraguan blend after that. So that I could tell. No, we're not going to count that. I'll, the th- last thing about it though is. I, I know this cigar. This is not a cigar I smoke often. Um, this threw me a fair loop because this is one I've had maybe one time. Uh, but I remember it being a lot stronger than this. Hmm. So, interesting. I must have had a Robusto. Right. It's a great cigar. Yeah. I really liked it. And um, it was when it when it first came out, it was very popular with our with our friends um, at, our, at our old shop and everything. And, uh, yeah, so I was trying to pick something that... You know, because what I can't just let the guy keep winning and winning. You got right? it. You got it. We're yeah. gonna come back at you next week. <laughs> We're gonna figure it out. I'm gonna study extra hard. I'm gonna smoke 85 <laughs> cigars this week, and I'm gonna. I'm not. Ne- I never want to feel this feeling ever again. Study it is up. the worst. <laughs> this is a. I feel sick to my stomach. I'm gonna finish the cigar. Great. A great choice, though, Dave. Really. Yeah. Uh, just a, it's a really tasty and really good. Nice. So. Yeah. Guys, I really want to thank you for for kicking it with us here. We went extra long today, yeah. Um, just to see how that works. You know, maybe you it's two weeks between episodes. Maybe you want to pause it. You know, put us on in the shower. I don't know, wherever <laughs> you want to hear the boys. Um, so you know, keep in mind, we got these events coming up: April twentieth, Altidus Winners Tour; May eighteenth, first bike night. Oliva Josh going to be here. June tenth, the second annual Rocky Patel Spring Smoker. Way more info on that to follow. Grab yourself a Tall Chief Cigars Cigar uh, Cigar of the Month subscription service pack from us. Mm-hmm. We know you. We love you. We'll put you. A, we'll, we'll curate a perfect pack of cigars for you and send it to you, for free. There's so many things going on here at the world famous Tall Chief Cigars Humidor and Lounge. We're booking our PCA accommodations today. Yeah, we're getting a podcast to you in two weeks. We're getting you an event. We're getting you free sticks. We're getting you ash in April. It doesn't end here, guys. That's right, and these silky smooth jazz tunes you've been hearing throughout the episode, our man, our friend, VIP customer, and badass trumpet player, Kevin George on the horn. Look him up on Spotify and Apple Music. This little tune here is called Scoochie Bop. Look him up, Spotify and Apple Music, Kevin George on the horn. We're going to toss it back to him to take it away. Thanks for sticking along with us. For, for Dave, I'm Carl. Here at the world famous Tall Cheese Cigars in New Orleans. We'll see you next time. Later, guys.